Welcome back to Round Guy the Podcast. We're talking to Iowa Hawkeyes. What do you think, Steve? Hawkeyes uh, at home against Penn State. Number three team uh, battling the number four team. I like the Hawks. I just uh, have felt like in the past uh, the Hawks have done well uh, against Penn State at home. So I I think uh, it's going to be a, a close one. I, I, you know, these games always come down to turnovers and who can capitalize and, and score some points off the other team's turnovers. So I look for the Hawks to prevail. I look for it to be a close game. What do you think? Well, uh, I've been doing a lot of research, listening to a lot of podcasts, uh, both nationally and locally. Um, the thing that struck me was a computer model that uh, one of the podcasts showed where they entered all the intangibles. And uh, they said Iowa was going to win 30 to 11. They said really? that Iowa has just set such a pattern of scoring points off of turnovers. Uh, it's really close, but they edge us in yards per carry and pass per carry, but it's like by a quarter of a yard. Um, it just, they just, the computer just felt like uh, it's safe to say that I was going to score some points off of the defense or put the position, you know, um, which I was a little surprised, but uh, man, the Hawkeyes have, uh, haven't let me down this year. Well, uh I see no reason why that'll happen uh, this Saturday. I, I, I look forward to be a good game. Uh, they're going to be playing uh, at it's what three o'clock game late afternoon, so it'll be it'll be under the lights by the time it's over. And and uh, I I've just as I said always felt like Iowa has played Penn State pretty well uh, at home and and under the lights. So. It's, uh, it's, it's in Iowa City. I would this Woodson kid in the backfield. Uh, it seems like in the past he has scored or at least uh, uh, carried the ball and gained more yards than he has been this season. So hopefully this this will be his breakout game where he can get a ton of yards, score a bunch of uh, uh, touchdowns. And and Iowa uh, either stays at uh, number three or moves up, uh, uh, you know, a slot or two. So I I can tell you I'll certainly be watching, you know, here at home and having some refreshments and uh, some hors d'oeuvres and watching that game intently. Uh, I, I As I said, I'm picking Iowa. How about you? I, I like it. I, I think they're – I mean, until they lose, I ain't going to stop picking them. They're sure getting up into some high altitude, aren't they? I mean, it's, it's Alabama, Georgia, and Iowa. I mean, wow. How about that? Hasn't been like that for a while. Uh, they were ranked number one there many years ago in the Chuck Long era. Uh, and I just watched that replay there when Iowa beat uh, Michigan on a Rob Houtland uh, field goal. So, uh, Iowa has toyed with, you know, in the rankings, you know, be it one, two, three. That's so we'll, 
We'll hope, like you said, that that uh, up until they lose one, you know, then that may create a, uh, a slide, certainly in the standings there and the ratings. But I, I just, uh, I think the smart money's got to be with Iowa over Penn State this Saturday. So what, what does this do for Iowa? This, this is supposed to be the college game of the week, according to everybody. Right, and there was some argument that that. Uh, uh, ESPN should have picked it as the game day uh, uh, thing where they come into town like they did up in Ames. Uh, and, and the reason, everybody's saying the reason that hasn't been the case or, or won't be the case is because the game is, is being carried on Fox mm-hmm. and not ESPN. So, well, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I just think it's going to be a big game and, and – Anytime Iowa plays uh, in the national uh, TV uh, uh, stations, you know that that does a lot for their recruiting and and uh, visibility, and brings uh, a good deal of favorable reaction uh, on the part of the rest of the country. We look good. Iowa looks good. Helps the ratings, uh, uh, recruiting rather. I'm I'm looking for an exciting game. You know, let, let's talk about Iowa's offense. Uh, you know, I mean, the only way I describe your offense is smart. I think they just play smart, and they've done what they've had to do and more to win all the games. Uh, I mean, yeah, the defense sets them up real good, but they they don't blow those opportunities, and they don't seem to turn the ball over, and they seem to grind a lot of clock and. Uh, uh, but there's a lot, you know, they're, they're rated very low and, uh, you know, the, the, the fancy things aren't there, the stats that really pop out and wow you, but they're uh, undefeated and they're the number three team in this, the, the nation and uh, they haven't really been tested. Well, and, you know, it seems like the, the announcers are of late have been given Brian Ferentz a good deal of credit for that. Uh they're saying how he's mixing up his uh, uh, plays and and countering uh, other teams' defense uh, with a with a uh, running game and a passing game that that allowed them to come out on top. And as long as there are no turnovers on the part of the offense, I agree with you. You know, with what you said, there's there's uh, very little reason. Iowa can't compete with pretty much anybody. So uh, that's where it all keeps coming back that, that I think Iowa has got a better than good chance to, to whip up on the uh, Nittany Lions. So let's talk about Iowa's defense. Can you tell me about some special players that are having some good years that are making all these results happen? You know, uh, I wish I could. I, I'm, I always uh, uh, blank out on names, you know, up until I'm watching the game. I have trouble, uh, you know, I'm old, Dave. Yeah, I'm old. And I I, uh, I would be uh, remiss that I, you know, I could I could think of any. Well, how about, what, what does Iowa's defense do well then? Well, their linebackers uh, play well, uh, and they're – the, the front line seems to be uh, uh, capable of putting a good deal of pressure. Uh, 
you know, on the quarterback and the running running backs. I just think, you know, and their secondary has come up with interceptions here and there. Uh, you know, they're solid. Uh, nobody thus far seems to have been able to figure out how to uh, to get yards on them. You know, there's there's the front line, the linebacking core, and then your your defensive uh, backfield. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they've been pretty one of, solid. One of them's uh, really rated high in the the league. Uh, I just I think the key to it is the, the amount of pressure that they put on the, the how much they move the offensive line backwards. It is uh, yeah really uh and they seem to really come into the lanes, you know, and uh, are able to adjust to one guy to the other. I, I don't know. I, I, I the defense is great. I love defensive football. I like smart offensive football. I I uh, couldn't be happier with the Iowa Hawkeyes this year. They seem to have come up with the big plays when they need them, and and uh, the turnovers other teams have committed to us. Uh, that's always helpful. It seemed like uh, against Maryland, every time there was a turnover, uh, Iowa scored some points off of them. And and Maryland wasn't uh, a bad team, you know. They they but they just capitalized on all the mistakes that were made and, and like I said, scored some points. You know, if you do that consistently, you're going to have a heck of a year. Well, they've had a heck of a year and a heck of a season, and this is one heck of a game. And I, you know, uh, for a change, uh, Kirk Ferentz is, you know, is not on the hot seat. You know, you talk about Hawk fans, uh, Boy, they are just eager to let you know what they think. And in the past, it seems like every other year, Kirk Ferentz is fighting for his job because the the Hawk fans are screaming that, uh, well, he's got to go, he's got to go. And then the next year when he's winning, oh, Kirk Ferentz is the best thing, uh, the best coach in the world. You know, Hawk fans can be very fickle. And... uh, what is his status as the Hawks coach? Uh, there's a lot of people mentioning him as the coach of USC. Oh, really? Yeah, I've been seeing, saw that a lot this week, you know, that USC is looking for a new coach and they think Kurt Ferentz might be the best in the nation. Well, uh, I would be shocked if he left Iowa City uh, because I think that, that uh, he's making a, uh, a decent, more than decent salary. And I think that uh, it would take a lot for him to leave Iowa City. He's he's really built up that program, and the winningest coach uh, of uh, the Hawks in in their history. Uh, I don't see him leaving. Uh, I, I just don't see him because he's comfortable where he's at. He's established a heck of a program, and at this age, why would he risk? going somewhere brand new and having to start over with all of that. So I would be surprised if he left Iowa City, and and uh, I, I'm sure he and Matt Campbell are always going to be mentioned as, as potential uh, coaches to take over a, a big-name program and, and what have you, but I just don't see – I don't see Ferentz leaving Iowa City and – and I, uh, I don't see Matt Campbell leaving Ames for a while. I, I don't rule out that, that somebody could lure him away uh, 
but I don't think it would happen for a while because he's got something really going well in Ames, see? Well, USC wouldn't be bad digs. I think a person could get comfortable there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, it, and it's got such a history and, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a big name uh, uh, program, but, but they, they've been down a little bit. And it, and it isn't going to be easy to just any coach to walk in there and turn it around, you know, immediately. You know, they're going to have to recruit. They're going to have to build. And it could take a while. And, and uh, like I said, I don't see, I don't see a coach like Ference leaving Iowa City to, to risk that. Well, anything else before we wrap this week up? I just uh, hope that uh, Iowa State takes advantage of the weekend off. Uh, to prepare for their uh, next opponent and that Iowa is uh, ready to rock and roll against Penn State. I think Iowa State's uh, got their ship right. They seem to be heading in the right direction. Yes. Yes, uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. A testament to uh, Coach Campbell over there and and the kids are uh, reacting well to what he's uh, instilling in them. So, uh, I think things are looking good for uh, the state of Iowa and and the two uh, big schools, uh, Drake and and uh, you and I have been winning. I think uh, last week. Let's hope they continue and all the way around. Everybody in Iowa's got something to be happy about this weekend. Yeah, weather's pretty nice. I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, looking forward to some high school football tomorrow night and. Uh... Things are going real good with the podcast. Uh, oh, I didn't mention, but I did talk to Dick DeAngelos yesterday. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I called him to get his reaction to the to the Yankees, uh, and he said all the same things you said. It was just like listening to a mirror, you know. I mean, uh-huh. he talked about the Gary Sanchez, and maybe they need to replace him, and the, about how a little bit about how. Uh, there was some lack of hustle and he'd like to see a new shortstop, maybe a new second baseman. Uh, he was, uh, it was a, it was a lot the same, although he's pretty upbeat about uh, next year. And uh, what did he think about uh, the Yankees keeping Rizzo? He, he's all for it. He, he yeah. thinks that they should. Now I, I think you should, if you're going to spend a couple hundred million dollars, you might want to consider uh, Freddie Freeman. He's a, uh, He's a pretty fair player. Uh, he hits in the like three thirty range, but uh, and he was a yeah. He's a former uh, National League MVP, uh, but he plays he plays first base, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The same position Rizzo plays. That, right. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there as I was thinking. If I was going to get a first baseman that was in the two hundred million dollar range, you would you wouldn't do too bad with Freddie Freeman, who's a free agent. Yeah, I just. You know, I just don't know if you can afford all those guys. You know, and then part of it, you, you go, well, where, what, a, what are the Yankees going to do with Luke Voigt? Uh, you know, he's a first baseman. And he led the majors uh, in home runs at that uh, COVID season. Uh, he'd been hurt several times here this season. And then, of course, when they got Rizzo, you know, that was the big question. What are we going to do with Luke Voigt? So he ended up DHing. A number of games, 
Uh, Ian ended up playing first and, and them giving Rizzo a, a day's rest here and there. But, well, he had trouble hitting the ball like he did last year uh, himself. So, so uh, uh, the Yankees got a lot of decisions to make over the winter. We'll be uh, curious to see how that all plays out. Here's a, uh, well, I don't know. We're, we should probably wrap it up. Uh, it's been fun talking to you, Steve. Uh, thanks for guys out there for listening. You got anything else to say to the listeners? I love them. <laughs> We're all going to go out for milk and cookies one day. <laughs> we'll have to have a milk and cookies event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, like your Oscar friend Andy Kaufman. Right. Always wanted to take his audience out for milk and cookies. That's what we'll do. <laughs> okay. All right, this has been uh, Hawk Talk with the round guy. He snuck in a little Yankees talk on us, but uh, can't blame him. You knew that would happen. All righty. We'll see you guys later. So long.